Welcome back for a look together at the words of Christmas. The Christmas word for today, day 22 of our looking at these words, is family. Christmas is a time when many of us gather together with our families, with, with all the good and certainly some of the bad that comes with that. With, with our family gatherings in mind, I'd like you to think with me for, for just a moment about the family of Jesus. They didn't gather for Christmas because there was no Christmas yet. They would have gotten together, though, for Sabbath days, for special celebrations like Passover. So I want you to imagine with me Jesus at eight or nine years old, and one of his uncles decides to tell him the story of their family. His mother had probably already told him all that he was about to hear, but the uncle considers himself the steward of the family genealogy. And we can read the genealogy of Jesus through the line of his mother in Luke chapter 1, through the line of his father in Matthew chapter 1. What seems to be a long list of names to us was family history for Jesus. If a conversation like this had happened, the first names to be mentioned would almost certainly be King David and Father Abraham. That's exactly how the family story begins in Matthew 1.1. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Every Jewish family felt unique because they were descended from Abraham, the father of their faith, the one who trusted God's promises to make a nation from his offspring. Jesus' family also had the great distinction of being in the line of King David. So they had a royalty in their heritage regardless of the circumstances of their lives. At a time when the nation of Israel was under Roman occupation, there had to be some interesting conversations in Jesus' family about this promise of David's kingdom and line never ending. All to whom Mary and Joseph had told the message that angels and wise men and shepherds had brought them, they would have known that in this little boy Jesus was to be the fulfillment of these promises. In Matthew 1, we see four women mentioned in the family line of Jesus. Now, we should expect that Jesus' family would have also talked with him about these women who were a part of his family genealogy. Although women were not often mentioned in genealogies in Jesus' day, each of these women is mentioned in the history of the Old Testament. One actually has an entire book of the Old Testament named for her. In the stories of these women's lives, we actually find one of the most powerful expressions in all the Bible of how the grace of God works through his plan for our lives. Tamar was the first of these women, the mother of Zerah. You can read about her in the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. This woman whom God used in the family line of Jesus was first married to Ur, who was born of a forbidden marriage between Jew and Canaanite. When her husband died and her family refused to allow her to marry a brother as required by the Jewish law, she used lies and seduction instead of a prayer to get an heir. With Tamar, we see that God's grace is greater than our sin. She's in the family line of Jesus. Rahab is the second woman mentioned. She was the ancestor of Boaz, whose story is found in the book of Ruth. You might remember the story of Rahab when the people of Israel entered the promised land. Rahab was saved from the destruction of Jericho by her hiding of the Jewish spies. She told them in Joshua 2.11, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and of the earth below. In Jericho, Rahab had worked as a prostitute. And yet through her faith, she's not only rescued from certain death, but is also given a place among God's people, becomes included in the line from which the Savior is to be born. With Rahab, we see that God's grace changes everything. Ruth, the third woman mentioned, was the mother of Obed and the great-grandmother of King David. 
Her wonderful story of grace covers an entire book of the Old Testament. She was not a Jew, and when her Jewish husband died, her mother-in-law told her to return to her people. Ruth's response, it's famous for its clear commitment. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, she said, Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Now, you'll have to read the entire book of Ruth to see how God and his kindness provided Ruth a husband in Boaz and a place in the line of Jesus. With Ruth, we see that God's grace shows us undeserved kindness. The final woman mentioned in Jesus' family line is David's wife, Bathsheba. The story of David's sin with Bathsheba and murder of her husband to try to cover that sin, it's well known even to those who've never read a Bible. What's not so well known is that it was through Bathsheba that Solomon was born, who would carry forward the line of David towards Jesus. When Solomon is born, 2 Samuel 12, 24 tells us, the Lord loved the child. Well, you and I might have hesitated to choose Solomon as the one who'd carry forward the line because of the sin that was involved in his father's past. God allows him to become one of the greatest kings of Israel and a part of the line of Jesus. With Bathsheba, we see that God's grace will often surprise you with the depths of God's love. So let's take a few moments just to thank God for his grace. In prayer, just say, Father, I am grateful for the grace you've shown me in Jesus. You've forgiven me. Your grace is greater than my sins. You are working in me. You're even working through me. Your grace changes everything. You're patient with me. Your grace shows undeserved kindness. And you so often surprise me with the depth of your love. I am grateful for your grace. In Jesus' name, I'm grateful. Amen.